start with a reading which um, I found on the internet. It's amazing what you find on the internet when you do Google searches, isn't it? But this is quite safe, quite safe, family friendly, don't be nervous. Honouring the Sabbath is like having a family wheel alignment once a week. If you're not able on a regular basis to reflect on where your family is headed, in two or three months you can slowly drift off track and end up in a ditch. For the spiritual, emotional and physical health of everyone in your family, take time to rest, take a Sabbath break each week. And that was written by Barbara Rainey. My name's Fleur. I'm talking about Sabbath and family this week, not because I am an expert. I do have a family, but I am not super great at Sabbath, okay? Um, I am a very um, busy person. I like to have a running to-do list for morning and afternoon, just to separate the two. I like to cross everything off my list. I like to be prepared. I like to anticipate people's needs so that I can meet them before they even have to vocalise them. I'm the PA to the principal at a Christian school, so all of those things help me in my work. But they do tend to work against having a lovely, peaceful family life. Um, So I'm still kind of trying to work it out I am much better than what I used to be at it, but it's definitely still a journey that's happening. So um, I'm married to Bruce, just wave Bruce, and I have three daughters. My oldest is 23 and she doesn't live with us anymore. Then I have um, Miriam who's 19 and she's at uni and Gabrielle's 14 and she's at year nine in the school where I work. So we have throughout our week... We're at work, we're at school, we're at uni, we're at church. My middle daughter is on the music team of her church, so they store all their stuff at our house and have music practice at our house once a week. Um, There are school musical rehearsals to get to. I study. We've got to keep everybody fed and clothed and warm and where they need to be at the right times. So family life is full on. When I was little, I don't think it was like this. I think my mum stayed at home and just cooked and cleaned and maybe had a women's Bible study once a week. And I just went to school and came home and that was all that happened. But it's definitely moved along a lot since then. So when I think about Sabbath and family... Generally, I'm not thinking about what I'm doing right now, which is bizarre because I'm talking now. Not, I'm not going to um, talk. Um, it's not the me that I envisage that's going to talk to you. But when my oldest was very small, I stayed at home and we spent a lot of time making things. We made food. We made macaroni necklaces. We made finger-painting masterpieces. We made friends. We just kind of had a very slow, regular, rhythmic kind of pace of life. And that suited us really well. It was a time where we felt connected and renewed and refreshed. And it's not quite like that anymore. Uh, So what I've come to realise as I've been just doing these random Google searches and a bit of reading, 
is that in my busy life, I never reach a place where I feel like, okay, all the work is done. Everything is done and I can just rest now. That happens to me maybe once a year. <laughs> it's not a daily occurrence ever. So rather than having, um, sometimes we think if we have a big holiday over Christmas, then that can be the time that we rest. And then that rest is meant to last us for the next 11 months until we get to that point again, which is really a bit silly because rest isn't like a bank. You can't kind of save it up and then use it when you need it. So I think ideally it's better if you can build Sabbath into your everyday pattern of life. If you can find rest in the work, if you can find rest times each day or even each week, if each day is out of the question. Um, and it's not so much what we disconnect ourselves from, but it's what we connect ourselves to. So Sabbath can be a time where you might disconnect from some aspects of your work, but connect more closely with the people who are around you or connect with God. Uh, so the same website that Rod uh, read the call to worship from, there was this little bit here. Just think about this in terms of disconnecting and reconnecting. On the seventh day of creation, according to the Bible, Genesis 2.2, God rested. Instead of making more and more stuff, God took time to appreciate what he'd already made, what had been created. Today, creating things is easier than ever thanks to the many amazing technologies that we have at our fingertips. Playlists, videos, word docs, our computers, tablets, cell phones and music players help us create hundreds of things a day. But like God, it's a good idea to take some time to appreciate what you've already created before you plug back in and start making more. So that idea of just recognising that maybe you have enough for now and to take a step back and to be grateful for what you have before you continue on this treadmill of I need more, I need to make more, I need to do more, the house isn't clean enough, I need to run my child to another 10 activities, the garden has a weed in it, what is going to happen? Instead of all of that, just to step back and say, okay, how it is is how it is. And if I can be grateful and appreciative of that, then that might actually help my spirit. There's a thought. So over the years, we've done a few things as a family, um, specifically with the aim of connecting and finding that rest. So I understand that I am not speaking to very many people in this room who are married with three children. I understand that. Um, but I'm hoping that as I go through this, you can still apply some of this to you as well. How many people here don't have your immediate family living in Melbourne? That's loads of us. Okay. So we've discovered as a family that we need to create our own family. We need to get other people and make them join the Tucker team. Sometimes we have pretend uncles and aunties 
and grandparents and siblings who just join our family for a little amount of time and they kind of hang out with us. They spend a couple of months having dinner at our house a lot or they come on family outings with us or on holidays or whatever. And it just helps us to be able to extend our family beyond just the five of us or sometimes it's just the four of us. So your family doesn't have to be directly related to you. I'm not talking about biological family. Sometimes you might hit a place where you don't know what to do. Has that ever happened to someone? Sometimes I think, oh, I just don't know how to do this. Why did I think being a parent would be good? And I just need to ring somebody and say, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like you need the collective wisdom to help you out. So that's why we have deliberately formed new family members. And um, if you live in a share house and all of your biological family is in another country and you're living with a bunch of other single people, then you can create your own family too. And as a family, having single people join our family has been so amazing. It's, it's not an imposition. It's not, we don't think about these people, gee, I wish they'll leave soon. Um, oh, this is getting a bit dull. How can we offload these people and find some more exciting ones? Like, that just doesn't happen. We're so happy to have people who will join us. So don't feel like you're crossing a line or it's going to be weird. I really think it's okay. Find a family. <laughs> um, a little while ago, we had once a month family day. So um, on a Saturday, we would go out just as a family and we'd get away from the house where the ironing was screaming at me and the washing was piling up. If you go away from that environment, it's a bit easier to connect. Um, and the only reason we stopped doing that was because there's nine years between the oldest and the youngest. And to find something that a 16-year-old and a 8-year-old both want to do is really hard <laughs> But um, when we were doing that regularly, maybe just go catch a train into the city or go to the botanic gardens or go to the movies or something, it really helped us to connect. And as we connected with each other, then we find, you can find God when you connect with people because he surprises you by showing up in them. And that's a really important thing to do as a family. The other thing we do is every night we eat dinner together. So we sit at a table and we look at each other and you have to talk. So there's no iPads, computers, the TV isn't on, you don't have your phone at the table. And even if it's only for 20 minutes, it's just a chance to find out how you're going, what are you up to. Miriam's in a whole other world all the time. She's at university we don't know what that's like. We haven't been to her classes. We don't know what she does, who she's with. And so when she shares with us what's happening, that's really interesting for us and it helps us join together as a family. So that's something else to think of. And finally, the big thing that we have done that was a raging success and we loved it because, you know, you can talk about the things that didn't go so well, but for a sermon, you have to have the triumphal story. <laughs> Not really. Um, we, about six years ago, we were living in South Morang 
which is kind of north of Mill Park towards Whittlesea, if you don't know the outer suburb. And um, Bruce was working in Collingwood. It was taking him forever to get to work. And so he would leave early, get home late. And we kind of didn't really spend time as a family during the week because we didn't see each other. So we decided that we would move into Preston. Now, the rent in Preston is quite high, probably not as high as North Fitzroy, but quite high. And so the way that we could make that work was to invite other people to come and live with us. So we had been married for 22 years and our goal in life had been to be independent, to um, not have to rely on our parents anymore, to be able to have our own furniture, to be able to do what we needed to do just for us and to get stuff to fill the house, really. And if something broke, then you would replace it. So that was kind of how we were living. And then we decided we'd ask two 20-year-old single people to move in with us. So we had our young kids living in a six-bedroom house in Preston and we all shared the expenses and the rent and each other's lives, really. So when those two people moved in with us, they were single. Then they started dating each other. Then they got engaged. Then they got married. <laughs> then they lived with us for another year after they were married. And then they decided they wanted to start a family, so they left. <laughs> and then we had um, a Chinese girl come and stay with us and an American girl just for about another six months. And then we decided, actually... This has done what we needed it to do and then we um, moved out to Reservoir just by ourselves. But over that time, you have to make space for people. Everyone who's in a share house, you will know what I'm talking about. You can't just do what you want to do at the time that you want to do it because that impacts on other people. So you have to become very considerate and being the roster queen, that worked quite well for me. We had taken turns with cleaning and cooking and all of that, which was good. It just allowed other people to speak into our kids' lives and for us to model what a kind of functional Christian family looks like. <laughs> so it was really a win-win thing. And during that time, um, we received a lot of healing as a family because we'd had a lot of trauma just before that. And it kind of reconnected us to um, realising that what we were doing was okay, that we were okay people. We weren't terrible. It wasn't that I was a shocking mother. I could actually be a mother and it was okay. So that whole um, connecting with others and then finding a connection with God through that really worked for us and that was about two and a half years we did that. You might want to be brave and try that. See how you go. I think um, if you spoke to our housemates, they'd tell you the story of what it's like to live with little kids and how they had to adjust to that. Um, but I can only give you our side of the story, and that was that it was a really beneficial thing to do. A time where we were able to just take a breath, renew ourselves, and reconnect with each other and God in the process. Matt, would you like to come and add something more exciting? 
So if we're, um, if we're talking about um, family and the Sabbath, I suppose I'm talking about where the family is. Um, so we moved, um, the, the boys and, and Jack and I, um, moved from Eltham to Northcote uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, and um, people say to us, or people would say to us when we'd, when we'd meet new families at school and so on, they'd say, oh, Eltham, that's a really lovely place, lovely community. And um, it's true, Eltham is, is beautiful. It's um, hills and trees and lots of native stuff. Um, it sounds good, it smells good. Um, but community is, is a different thing. Um, community sort of depends on your shared interests and uh, you know, shared culture, shared heritage, and, and how much you're connected into that. And if you're not connected, then community's nothing. And Eltham does have lots of people who have shared heritage and shared values and that sort of thing. It's just we felt that our, the spheres of our life didn't really overlap with each other. And so we were living this life that had, you know, church over there and school people over there and, and football people over there. And it, they, they never came into contact. And in a place like Eltham, um, well, any, any of the outer suburbs really, so we're, we're living on a block that was... 800 square metres, which is pretty typical for out there. You know, I had a house with lots of, house, lots of rooms in it and under house storage that we filled up with junk. Uh, a, a backyard that was, you know, big enough for the kids to kick the football in, but only till they were about five and then the ball went over the fence. Um, you know, had a driveway and a carport. Um, and so to get to things, you'd, you'd get into the car, drive down onto the road, to the thing, do the thing like Auskick or whatever, get back in your car, drive back, totally insulated from the surrounding suburb and back into your house. And so you'd, you'd go to do Auskick and that was all you would do. You'd just do Auskick and then you'd come home. And, and we wanted a life where things merged a bit more, where there was less space between the different things. For us, I mean, our, our church um, started off as a local church plant in South Morang um, from a local church. And, and so we were, we were sort of at church with people who lived near us. And then um, increasingly over the years, the, the, um, the leadership of the church decided to follow the demographic that they felt they appealed to. And we wound up after four or five moves in Doncaster. Um, but none of us lived in Doncaster. So we were ministering to these people we, we didn't know and none of us felt connected to. Uh, and likewise, the, the kids' school, um, because we wanted them to feel comfortable about their Christianity, we put them in the Catholic school. Uh, well, we put Toby in. Joel wasn't old enough yet. But it was the only Catholic school in the area, so its region for drawing students from was so much bigger. So if the kids wanted to go and have a, a playtime with their friends, we could be in Templestowe or Greensboro or Kangaroo Ground. And again, it was a car trip. So we, we pursued um, a, a life that was uh, a bit simpler, uh, a bit closer to each other, and, and, and trod a bit lighter. Um, so we moved to Northcote. Um, obviously, house prices are higher here. Um, but what we did in order to balance the budget was we sold one of the cars uh, and we put the kids into state school. Uh, the state school drawing zone is much tighter, so all of our school friends are living near us. Um, and um, we don't need the second car. In fact, we don't often used the first car. We're riding places, we're walking places, we're on public transport. Um, and I love that because you're out in the environment, you're, you, you know what temperature it is, you, you, you know when spring's coming because you can smell it 
when it rains, it's not wonderful, but so it goes. It actually doesn't rain that much. Um, and yeah, that, that seems to be a, a much lighter way to, to use our time and space. The 800 square metres that we, we're living on, or whatever that block size is, covers about five houses in our street. So instead of four people occupying that space, we've got about 12 or 13 living in the same volume of land. And that feels like a, a much more efficient use of our space. Uh, we have a courtyard rather than a great big backyard. Um, I mean, by the time Toby was four, he could kick the ball from anywhere in the backyard over the fence. So, um, you know, having a backyard was a false economy. Uh, now, when we need to go and kick the football, we go down to the communal park, which used to be a tip, um, so it's going to stay a, a park, and we bump into school friends, we bump into people from the football team, um, and our worlds merge a bit, uh, and they feel a bit more meshed uh, and a bit simpler. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, some of the costs. So we, um, yeah, we we gave ourselves a taxi budget. Um, so if we couldn't get to where we needed to go with one car um, or public transport or the, the bike or whatever, we gave ourselves permission to use a taxi. Um, and we've used that twice in two and a half years, which shows the false economy of having the other car. Um, whenever we move, um, so this is our third big move. We moved up from Geelong when we were just dating. Uh, and one other move in Melbourne. But whenever we do that, um, we feel a little bit disconnected from social networks and so on. Jack and I are both extroverts. She's confident and um, does really well. I'm a shy extrovert, which is awful because there's this need, but not, not the means to get there. So after like three weeks of the new school, Jack's like, oh, blah, 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 all these parents that she knew. And I'm like, I think I recognise that person. So I actually get a bit, um, a bit sad um, for 18 months, the years after we move, and we're sort of coming through that now, where it's, um, yeah, I'm starting to feel a bit more like myself um, and a bit more free to be me. But likewise, around here, we feel that there's um, a greater celebration uh, of diversity or, and um, individualism. You all know this. This is why you, you like this this area. Um, but then in that, the spheres aren't that far apart to begin with and that the, the links to jump from a sphere to a sphere uh, are not that hard and, and people are more accepting of people they don't necessarily look like um, or sound like or whatever. Uh, and that feels so much more natural to me. Um, the other thing is that the boys have to share a bedroom so their spheres are literally on top of each other. <laughs> but even in that, um, in the suburbs, uh, it feels natural to have your own bedroom with a desk in it and a bed and space to play and all that sort of thing. So again, you say, go to your room and they can be isolated there. That's not what we wanted. So our bedrooms are for sleeping and storing your clothes in. Um, and our living areas in our house are used all the time for different things. There's still space to go and be by yourself, but we're making use of all of the house, whereas... In our suburban life, we had whole rooms that we didn't go into for four or five days at a time. Um, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much our, our story. I hope that's useful in some way. Um, yeah, our, our simpler life, we, we like it here, and I think the, the costs it's taken us are, are for the better. Um, and we just we love this church as well. It's, it feels so much more natural and um, honouring of who we are as individuals. I think that's really great. Thanks, Matt. 
So, yeah, that idea that Sabbath is a lifestyle, not an event, that's something to um, continue to consider as we try and work out how to build Sabbath into each of our own lives. Isn't that nice, laughing children? That's good. Okay. Uh, we're going to get ready to take communion now. Now it's all here in the centre, which is awesome. Jackie's done that for us today. Thanks, Jackie. I just want to encourage you um, to perhaps, when you get up and, and take the elements, share or stand next to, if sharing's too confronting, stand next to somebody who is not in your family, who you don't live with, who perhaps you're not in a relationship with and share the elements with somebody else and see if that helps you to connect in a different way um, during this communion time. If that is too hard, it's okay. <laughs> you don't have to do that. It's just a suggestion. Um, a part of the Sabbath meal that Jewish people do on a um, on a Friday evening is that they say a blessing over their children. On your table, there's a little white piece of paper which has got um, a blessing there from the Book of Numbers in the Bible. If you want to say that blessing over the people who are with you, say it for yourself, that's fine. It's just another way to connect and to build that sense of community with each other. I don't know that I've really given you a lot of answers about creating Sabbath with your family, um, but I do think that realising that it's not an event but it is a lifestyle is a bit of a key. And that flows out of uh, what Jesus has done for us with his death and resurrection. Jesus' work on the cross means that I can rest. And I don't have to try and create this atmosphere where God is going to like me or where I can um, work so hard that he's going to be really impressed with what I'm doing. His work means that I can rest. Ultimately, Jesus is the Sabbath. It's not an event. It's not even something that we build into our life. The Sabbath is Jesus because he gives us the opportunity to be able to stop working and to rest in his grace. And that's what I think um, would be a good thing to celebrate as we take communion. So if you'd like to stand up and come and take the elements.